Who is Kevin? Oh, man. Uh, Kevin, at the deepest level, is just a man who wants to help other people. You know, I I grew up in a household and I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So there's a deep part of me that wants to be a role model for people because I never really had a role model to look up to. Right. I mean, that's really who I am at the deepest level. I oftentimes people say, what do you want your legacy to be? Mm. And I don't think about legacy from a perspective of what happens when I die. I think of legacy as what happens when I leave, because this might be the only time you and I ever talk. This might be the only time that the listeners ever hear who I am. I, I always hope to leave an environment a little bit more positive than I found it. That really is me in a nutshell, I would say. I love that. Um, and I think that's a, that plays such a massive part. And when it comes to thinking about you know our purpose, who we are, yep. at the end of the day, it can literally just be as simple as just being a role model. Mm-hmm. Just giving somebody something to achieve, something someone to look up to. And it's amazing that you, you know, you have fell into that, but what would you say has happened on, uh, on your journey to make you into that person? Cause I'm guessing that maybe 10 years ago, you never thought you were going to be a role model for other men or other people in general who want to have some sort of self-development, self-improvement. Yeah. I, uh, I was under the impression that if I made a boatload of money, all of my internal problems would go away. So I wouldn't have to worry about being insecure. I wouldn't have to worry about not having confidence or not knowing what the future held necessarily. So I chased money. I, when I was 25, I had a high paying job. My girlfriend was a model. I had just won a bodybuilding show. I had a sports car. I had all the external measures Mm -hmm. of success. And my girlfriend ended up leaving me because I was just depressed. I was anxious. I was a shell of myself. I said, okay, I need to make as much money as humanly possible so I can fix all these problems. I spent the next 10 months living in hotels, grinding my face off because my job required a lot of travel. Got to the end of the year. I opened my final pay stub. I made $100,000 that year, but nothing internally changed. Now, I will say, yes, having money is beneficial and it, it bought me a certain lifestyle and I had opportunities and privileges that other people don't. But internally, it didn't fix any of the things I thought it was going to fix. So I ended up realizing that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously. The Mm. opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. That's when I ended up starting a podcast. So Mm. it was this, this perfect storm of not feeling fulfilled at work, achieving the quote unquote pinnacle of success at my job and realizing that wasn't it. And here's the interesting thing. I was actually interviewed on a YouTube channel about fitness right around the same time. And I said, after this interview, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. And one of my buddies said, there's, there's people out there that do, there's no reason you can't. That was another bug in my mind of, Oh, interesting. This podcasting thing might have some legs. That's where it all started. I never expected to be where we are today. Mm -hmm. I didn't know we were going to be 1400 episodes in that. That was not it for me. I just wanted to do it because I loved it. And it's obviously evolved into what it is, but a lot of it has been by surprise transparently. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times and I find this, it's what you're initially passionate about will turn out to actually be something that you're helping then other people down the line. You're that will then turn into your purpose. Very similar with me. So I'm not sure if you'll know like say stones and pounds, but I was a very big guy. I was weighing over over 20 stone. I'm sure that'll be 
I don't know, it's probably close to like 300 pounds, something like that. Mm. And for me, the I ended up losing a hell of a lot of weight. I'm down around about 9,500 pounds now. And for me, I found a passion for when I was getting in shape. All of a sudden I was looking better, feeling better, dealing with stress better, uh, less aggressive. Everything was going well. And for me, it was then that passion then turned into, oh, I can actually help other people achieve the same as what I have done. And then that passion then just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. Now here I am um, running a successful online coaching business, helping thousands of people do the same as what I've done. And it's such a fulfilling feeling because you're not chasing money anymore. You're chasing changing lives. And that makes a huge difference. In your, when you were initially, say, struggling, what would you say then the inner thoughts, the inner struggles actually were? Lack of self-belief. I mm. still, I mean, I still have moments where I don't believe in myself. It's still, I get imposter syndrome. I have doubts often. It was that. It's, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I am not capable enough. This could never happen for me. Mm. It was self-belief and identity. I am, I didn't go to college, right? Mm. I was never good in school. I am not the type of person that blank starts a business, makes money, understands money, is good at sales, whatever it is. That was the big thing for me because that was the, that was pretty much the pen that I, I put myself in and I said, well, this is who we are and this is where we, we must stay. And mm -hmm. that's, that gets comfortable. It gets comfortable to stay within your boundaries, even though sometimes your boundaries kind of suck. We, we fall into that. And that was definitely what I was guilty of. Mm. Did you get any sort of help during that time? Yeah, my business partner, I I have talked to my business partner every single day for the last six years, probably. And he's been mentoring me since the beginning. When we talk about self-improvement, I didn't know what self-improvement was before I started talking to him. And he suggested yeah. all the books and he helped me start tracking my habits. So mm -hmm. I have, I don't believe there's any such thing as, as self-made. People say like, yeah. I'm a self-made whatever. Unless you built the car, you built the cell phone, you built the Wi-Fi, you built the Instagram, you're not self-made. Nobody is. Nobody is truly yeah. self-made. So I'm very blessed to have amazing people in my life. Alan, my business partner, is one of them. And he definitely helped me a ton in the beginning. And we also were blessed to have, we've been mentored by some very successful entrepreneurs. David Meltzer mentored us for a few years. Evan Carmichael mentored us and he's still a friend of ours anthony trucks we we know a lot of people we're very blessed to have amazing people in our in our corner do you find and this is a bit of a maybe an odd connection but this is something that i found really helped me so i've had many mentors in my time many business mm -hmm. mentors and um, many fitness coaches um, I currently have um, what you class as a mental performance coach which is kind of like a twist on a therapist and Without them, I wouldn't be at the level of where I am at today. But I felt as if I was on my own for a hell of a long time on my journey and trying to figure things out. And it was really, really difficult. And I feel a lot of people are stuck in that same sort of cycle, thinking they can do everything themselves. And a lot of men, so majority of my clients, I'd say about 90% of my clients are men. Mm. And something I keep seeing that has popped up and it popped up with myself as well was the lack of the male role model at the start of my life. And I think you, you said before that you didn't have your dad until you were age 27. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that played a big role in why you had so many inner struggles and lack of self-belief and things like that? I think that is the root. 
if I internalize the fact that my dad wasn't around as I am not good enough to have a father, that is the root of everything right there. And it's almost like it gets to the point where everything you do starts to prove that. I could never, I could never do this because I'm not good enough, so I won't try. And that reinforces, well, I'm not good enough. I could never get this opportunity for this job, so I won't even apply for it. I'm probably not good enough. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy where it can also trigger a lot of low self-worth. And low mm -hmm. self-worth automatically, not automatically, but for many of us suggests I am not deserving of. And if you're not deserving of, you're going to do everything in your power to avoid even getting the opportunity. So it took me a long time to really connect those dots, but I would say that is one of the biggest reasons the person that I am today mm. is the person that had to go through all those things because I didn't understand how much of that started a childhood. I think that is that is one of the biggest reasons I am the way I am for sure. I think I, I see this in a lot of people that are successful, that it's been some came from some sort of trauma or lack of role model, yeah. things like that. And it's crazy that, 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 that that's what means you'll be a success. But um because I, in, in my case, you know, I, my dad passed when I was 13 years old and I felt then as if I didn't have any sort of actual male role model in my life, no proper connection, no sort of, um, anyone to help give me some sort of direction, no one to look up to anymore. Mm. And I think that when it came to me and finding mentors and asking for help, that came quite naturally to me. As soon as I knew that I was struggling in a particular area, I was like, okay, I need help from um, X person. But I feel like a lot of people, when it before they start a self-development journey, they hold themselves off for so long. And what would you say is the reason why they hold off so long and whether did you hold off quite a long time? In terms of seeking help? Yeah. Yeah, I, there is an ego thing there of, vulnerability i would say it's probably mm. vulnerability vulnerability oftentimes when we think about it we think okay it's me being vulnerable and sharing something with somebody close to me when in reality vulnerability starts with you admitting a hard truth to yourself first i don't know if i ever got to the point where i understood the importance of having positive people around me because transparently i didn't have that many goals mm. when you don't have goals there's no reason to seek out help and mm -hmm. i didn't have that many goals and it at least if I did have goals, I didn't really intend on getting them. I thought they might be cool, right? I, I wanted to fight professionally. So I trained mixed martial arts for some years and I never understood how seriously I would have needed to take that in order for it to yeah. actually happen. I was mm -hmm. like, this is going to be cool. I'm going to be a fighter. Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> not, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, you got to train. You got to train really, really hard. So I think part of it was I was afraid I would get looked down on if I did seek help. And I just didn't understand the importance of help. I had a huge blind spot to coaching, mentors, even self-development, self-improvement. I never understood how reading a book was that valuable. I'm telling you, in the beginning, it didn't land for me. It's like, there's mm -hmm. no reason to read this book. Now yeah. I look back and say, oh, you were just, you just didn't understand. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But back then, you don't know. Yeah. So this is what I, I keep going back to. And I keep going back to this as my mental performance coach. I was like, I can't be hard on myself in the past because I just didn't know any better. Mm -mm. But where was that sort of clicking point? Do you think for you, it was maybe your girlfriend leaving you at that time? Do you think that was a clicking point where it was like, okay, something actually has to change? 
and not just that it's like it's like what we call like say the breaking point or maybe rock bottom Mm. why why do you think it takes people to hit that before they do make any change humans are more motivated by avoidance of pain than pursuit of pleasure it just i think it is that way because Mm. here's the interesting thing no matter what we do it's going to take time right? Positive habits or negative habits, they add up, but they take time. Usually you smoke a cigarette, you're most likely not going to have cancer tomorrow and die tomorrow. It just usually you start a diet today, most likely nothing's going to happen tomorrow, right? Yeah. So it just doesn't work that way. But when you get into a certain route of pain, I think you realize, oh my goodness, this isn't sustainable. I have to change everything. I think that's why pain is just a one, not a wonderful, it's a great motivator. It works really well. I'm not saying you should aspire to that. But yeah, for me, all of this really came to a head when I was I was suicidal. I was having suicidal ideations because I was so miserable with my job and I felt so stuck and I felt so trapped and I felt like I can't go back. I'm making all this money. I have this reputation. I can't start over. I don't want to start over. I would mm-hmm. rather not be here than have to do that. That was it for me. And yeah, failure yeah, as well. Be a failure. Yeah. My family looks up to me. You know, my friends all look up to me. I, how am I going to tell people I'm leaving this job? And then most importantly, what the hell am I going to do? Am I, I going to be a podcaster? I don't know anybody who's ever made any money with podcasting. Not personally. That was the moment of whatever I'm doing right now cannot, it can't sustain. Mm-hmm. And then I, I ended up leaving my job three or four months later and then starting this. But here's the thing, right? If I didn't go through as much adversity as I have in life, would I have gotten to where I am with the podcast? Probably not. I mean, this has been brutal. Brutal. Mm. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. Harder than anything else. Bodybuilding shows, having suicidal ideations, staying up for days on end. Being an entrepreneur is the most challenging thing I've ever experienced. And it's that interesting thing where when you're beaten down, for lack of a better phrase, throughout your life, it's easier to get beaten down when you're actually doing it constructively. I'm choosing yeah. to get beaten up now. I mean, that's my choice. Mm-hmm. It's not as hard as I imagine it would be if I didn't have that prior experience. It's that new fight that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fight that you know you're slowly winning day in, day out, day in, day out. You're slowly hopefully, winning. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think in regards to that, I think, I I always see people come to me at breaking points, whether it comes to losing weight, getting in shape, things like that. They come at a breaking point where a part of something in their life has happened and they realize that this change has to happen now. But I always then think to myself, and they will always say then months down the line, I wish I'd started this earlier. I wish I'd done this earlier. Mm. And this whole self-development journey is, I know we've just both just, just said that, it comes from normally something traumatic happening and then you want to get better. What would you say are the initial steps that you would take if you were someone that hits breaking point? What would be the first couple of things that you would do? You know, What I would say is I wouldn't allow the emotion of momentum to cloud logic. So one of the things I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen this, as a fitness coach, Mm. people come to you and say, well, I just realized that I'm 50 pounds heavier than I've ever been. I want to lose 50 pounds this week. Uh, No, it's not humanly possible. It doesn't work that way. We, 
it's, it's that it's just because you realize in this moment that there's so much contrast does not mean we can get rid of all that contrast immediately. I would say, have a conversation with yourself to figure out not just what is the result, but what is the sustainable, sustainable process to actually accomplish it. It's that a lot of us overcomplicate it and say, oh, interesting. I'm going to lose 50 pounds in the next 20 weeks. Okay, maybe, you know, there's people out there that can do that. Sure. But for you, it's almost like I am going to start tracking my calories. I'm not even going to worry about the amount of weight I need to lose. I'm going to start with one behavior that's actually sustainable. I'm going to focus on drinking enough water. I'm going to buy a scale. That that type of stuff that when the emotion and the motivation and inspiration runs out, you still know what to do. You still have the the habits, the tactics, the behavior. So I would say break it down from a mountain to a rock and then just yeah. start moving rocks little by little. That is always my advice. I, I always say in the way of it's having some sort of clarity, find something that will give you clarity to get to where you want to be, the destination. I actually literally just posted a reel today on Instagram that talks about you'd want to find yourself a satellite navigation. You mm. want uh, you want an Apple Maps or Google Maps. Mm. What you don't want is back, you know, 10, 15 years ago when they didn't exist and yeah. you, used to, you used to have to ask people, where's, where's this or... <laughs> You know, where, where is this near? Is this where's the nearest McDonald's or where's this? You wouldn't have to do, you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And when you have that ability to have that one set direction and you have then the steps along the way, it makes your life so much easier. Cause when, as you said, the motivation drops, you still know what steps have mm-hmm. to be taken and you're willing then to put them in for the delayed gratification that comes with that. And I think in the natural self improvement, I think something that I really fell in love with, and you mentioned it as well, um, books. And I've hated, I've always hated reading. (laughs) I've always hated like learning by that sort of, by reading, by any sort of like the academic, the normal academic structure. I've always hated it. And my mental performance coach literally sent me a book and I nearly cried on the third page. It was only the introduction. (laughs) <laughs> and I was thinking to my to myself, what have I been missing out on? Because this has literally given me the steps to live in the life I want to live. Mm. For me, that book was called The Way of the Superior Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Absolutely mm. ama- amazing book. And I just wanted to give, have you got any sort of recommendations on things that you, you found really helped you book-wise? It, yeah, I mean, it really depends on where you are in life. One of the one of the best business books I've ever read is Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. He's a mm-hmm. great, his whole brand is blank made simple. It yeah. makes it really simple. I like simple yeah. stuff. In the beginning, one of the books that really helped me was Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's mm-hmm. all about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And I didn't realize how much of a fixed mindset I had. I did not understand it. Then as I evolved and grew, I started learning more about business and what set what sets really successful businesses you know apart from normal businesses so i've done a lot of that but in the early days it was very much the mindset stuff for me because i've always been a pretty consistent person and i've always been pretty disciplined i mean i've been into fitness since i was 16 i'm 33 so i i understand how that works it was it was a mindset issue and it was an awareness issue mm. i can do it I just usually don't know what to do. When I know what to do, I'll do it. So I was seeking awareness and I was seeking mindset very early on. And that's why 
I'm so big on mindset, right? Hyperconscious. That was the podcast for a reason. I needed that. I needed awareness more than almost anything else at that point. Yeah, I agree. I think when it comes to just being self-aware in general, I think I always say this to clients of mine. So as soon as you can start becoming self-aware, you are winning the war mm. because you can realize literally everything, whether it be your emotions, whether it be how successful you are. Because if you can turn around and be like, okay, being self-aware, well, why aren't I as successful as I want to be? This this is why X, X, and X. <laughs> but without that self-awareness, you just get lost. It's like you're just surrounded by this cloud consistently all the time. Yeah. And the book that you said about the, the fixed and growth mindset, um, I've read that amazing book. Um, and a lot of people will fall into that fixed mindset and you have done it once upon a time as well. Yep. What would you say was like one point where it was like, shit, okay, I need to change something. I need to, ha- I need to have this growth mindset. Probably early in the business when we were messaging people to try to get clients. I was so afraid to get rejected. And I assumed if somebody said some, somebody said no, or somebody said something bad about me, that made me a terrible person and I could never win and I could never be successful. Understanding that, like I, I used to think so much of my success hinged on today. If today isn't a good day, I can't be successful. When in reality, you know, consistent 70% days are far more important than, spotty 100% days. I didn't understand that in the beginning. So I assumed for the most part, I assumed that all mistakes were final and all mistakes were failure. That was Mm -hmm. my thing is if I mess up on the microphone, that's it. Everybody's going to know and I'm never going to be a good podcaster. When in reality, it's almost the opposite. The more I mess up, the less I mess up later. That was a huge shift for me as a podcaster because I remember listening to older episodes and I was like, wow, I really used to suck. How did I, <laughs> yeah. how did I get better? Well, I just made mistakes. Yeah. I, I pronounced people's names wrong. I forgot what to say. I, you know, that, yeah. that was huge for me. So understanding that mistakes in the moment are not failures, they're potential successes later on. That was mm-hmm. very, very important for me. No, I, I agree with that one million percent. <laughs> Have, having failures in your life is an opportunity for you to learn and get better. Mm-hmm. And this isn't everything, even in, um, if I hadn't had say particular clients at the start of when I ever first started, when I, when they, if they failed, I would never have learned how to help other clients get better. If I hadn't have gone through myself struggling with certain things, I wouldn't be able to help clients get through that. The failing is such an important part and the struggle is such an important part, but it's you in that struggle, as you said, not just giving in, not giving up, but being aware, asking for help around that situation, finding a way to learn from that situation um, is key. You know, at the end of my last relationship, I was like, one thing I want to make sure I do is I want to learn from this and make sure that this never happens again. So I reached out for someone for help to be able to get me to that situation and get me learning to keep pushing forward. And you can then always look back at the times that you had, you look back at old podcast episodes, and I bet you're so glad that you carried on. Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. And that will just carry on for years to come. You know, you, in two years' time, when you're making a podcast, you'll probably look back at this podcast and be like, I'm so happy I've done it. 
I was so, I was so happy. It's t- keep t- teaching me skills and skills and skills. I keep getting better and better. I'm just grateful I never quit. You know 100%. that that I have a tattoo on my arm that says "Never Quit." Like that's my thing. Yeah. Never quit, kid. That's my handle. It's I've had this is a very new realization for me that if you just keep going, and I know it sounds too, it almost sounds too simple. If you just find a way to keep going, keep surviving, keep treading water, keep planting seeds, eventually you most likely will be successful. Most people do not fail. They quit. I know a hundred podcasters who started around the same time we did and they're not here anymore. If Mm. they were here, they would have to be a certain level of successful to sustain it. That people say all the time, like, oh, how did you guys get to where you are and you're successful? What is it like? We're as successful as we need to be to survive. And then mm. 10 years from today, we'll be as successful as we need to survive there. And I don't know if we'll ever truly be thriving the way we we do our business and the, the goals we have set. But that understanding for me, all you got to do is survive for as long as humanly possible, stack your lessons, work on your strengths, mitigate your weaknesses, surround yourself with the right people and show up consistently. And you are going to be, you are going to be on a podium of one if you do that for long enough, truly. Yeah, it's that always takes me back. What you've just said reminds me of something that Simon Sinek says. I don't know, you, you probably know who Simon Sinek is mm-hmm. about the infinite game versus the finite game. Yes. And th- this is what we are playing. And this is, this doesn't just mean in business sense. This could mean with anything, with getting in shape. This could mean with, you know, marriage. It could mean with anything. You play in the, infi- in the infinite game. You need to find a way to keep in the game, to keep mm-hmm. on going, to keep on pushing. And no matter what struggle may come and hit you, as long as you know you're never going to lose, you're going to keep on going and you yeah. will win and you will win. It's, um, yeah, and it's a powerful thing to think about. And I think a lot of people just aren't aware of even that sort of idea or anything to do with the growth mindset. I think people are just so into their own lives that they don't realize realistically what they should be doing. Um and I I find it difficult sometimes, you know, especially you you may see it yourself. You know, you may see your friends or family members not having the same mindset as you mm-hmm. and not giving all they can to say to life. How does that make you feel when you say maybe see something like that? And what do you do in that sort of situation? I I would preface it with I think I'm weird with this. So mm-hmm. I always throw that out there. I think I'm weird with this. I have a lot of empathy for people who don't operate the way I do, whatever that means, because the truth is, I don't know if they actually would be happy and fulfilled operating the way I do. Mm. I have empathy for the fact that you don't, if you don't want to get up at 530, I understand. I don't either. Mm. I understand. I just have to because my goals dictate what I must and must not do. I also, I'm very realistic with myself when it comes to the amount of pressure that I'm under. I don't, Mm. I don't want anybody I told my wife the other day, like, I would never, ever, ever in a million years want you to be an entrepreneur. No Mm. way. I would never want that for you. Now, obviously, self-improvement is different, but I have empathy for why people get out of shape. I understand because it's harder not to. Mm. The, The easier thing is always going to happen. It just is. That's the way human nature works. And the outliers will always be the thing, uh, always be the people who do the harder thing. That's just the way it works. Climbing Mount Everest is not easy. That's why it is remarkable, right? Walking on a treadmill for five minutes is not super remarkable. That's why nobody posts about it when they do it because there's no records for that. 
Now, depending on where you are, it's still remarkable. I'm not, I'm not uh, negating that, but yeah, it, it used to make me really sad because I used to think everybody had to have my standards. Mm. Now I understand that everybody has the opportunity to do better. Most people just don't have the reason yet. Most yeah. people just don't have the reason. I don't know what the answer is because to our original point, usually when you get enough pain, that's when the reason comes. If you can find a way to get the pain in advance by reverse engineering regret, that's something. I was yeah. talking to somebody recently and I said, the reason fitness is important for you is not right now. It's in 20 years. Mm. Eventually, you're going to cross a line where you're never going to be able to get anything you have back if you don't start now. I don't mm. even care about now. Don't worry about now. I'm worrying about 20, 30 years down the line. I don't want you to fall and break your hip. Yeah, That's the future. I'm trying to create a potential pain for you in the future for you to be motivated now. It's it's just not easy to do that. So mm. I do. I have empathy for it, but I also now understand more than ever, tracking habits is hard. Being a human is hard. Tracking your calories every day, going to the gym every day, that is all hard stuff. It makes me sad but I also understand why most people won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It is difficult. It is, yeah. it is tough. And yeah, I, I find that when it comes to having say empathy for, for people in them situations, because they haven't had that moment yet, as we've talked about, mm -hmm. they haven't had that sort of pain. And what you said is actually quite interesting. And I bring it up to the point of, something I heard uh, Andrew Huberman say. And he had mentioned about consequences a bigger motivator than having a sort of um, just a aspirational goal. And I think if someone, say someone listened to this and maybe you're, you know, life is going fine, you're enjoying life, everything's going well, maybe, as you said, initiate that pain in the future. Maybe think about the consequence of you not doing a particular thing. Because as you said, things might be going really well right now. Things might be, you know, in flow state. Your life might be just amazing, but something will come. And I would say to people, eventually something in your life is on its way. And whether that's a loss of a family member, a loved one, a breakdown of a relationship, if you can find that pain before that happens, you're going to be in a better situation, not just for yourself, but for them as well. And I think that's a really important point that people, a lot of people forget about. Um, for me, I'm nowhere, I'm 25. I won't be having children until I'm hopefully mid-30s. But in the back of my mind, when I'm struggling, you know, going on my run, doing my uh, steps, tracking my calories. I asked myself, would I be a good role model for my future children? That's nowhere even near yet. But that is in my mind. That is because that is a consequence because I don't want to, my kids to wake up and see a out of shape dad, to yeah. see a, to see a, a dad that isn't, you know, trying his best to be successful, who isn't a, as, you know, a certain role model and aspiration. Because I think, especially for me and you, we understand how important role models are. So when it comes to having children or having, you know, even a partner, we want to set the standard. We want to set that sort of living for them. I think reverse engineering regret is such a powerful thing if you can use it. I, I've been doing this recently and this shaped, this has changed my life genuinely. I have two cats, Fudge and Ace. Mm. 
Uh, Ace is a Bengal. Fudge is an all-black cat with yellow eyes. The cutest cats on the planet. Love them. My, my, my little boys. Every morning, I usually get in the office 7, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Fudge jumps up on the desk and he wants to headbutt me. He loves doing headbutts in the morning. It's just his thing. And I used to get so frustrated. And I used to say, come on, dude. I'm like, I'm. you're in my way. You're taking me out of flow. I can't type. And this is what I said to myself. One day, Fudge is going to die. And mm. I am going to regret the fact that I did not let him take two minutes of my day and headbutt me. One day, I am going to wish that I had the opportunities that I am now passing away. And I have not, that's changed every single day. When he comes in here, I give him headbutts. Do whatever you want, man. It's five minutes. It's not that big of a deal. That is how I try to operate now. Because mm. he, the sad truth is, most likely, I will lose somebody I care about. Yes, most likely, it's going to happen. Death happens. Most likely, I will use, I'll lose a client or something will happen. It's going to happen. If you can, if, at least if you can prepare in advance, you're okay you're okay with your preparation for the result. That's yeah. as good as you can get because you cannot control the result, but you can control the preparation of it. Hundred mm, percent. I think what you've discussed there is how you having a bit of gratitude as well for each mm-hmm. and every day. I think uh, to be fair, when a lot of people come to me, they actually feel like their day is like a like Groundhog Day. Same thing every single day. Same thing every single day. And it's easy to forget what to be grateful for. I always remember. I was walking on a beach in Marbella, um, in Spain, loving life, enjoying my enjoying myself. And but I had this underlying feeling of frustration because something had happened to me that day. And while I was walking along the beach and I saw the water, I just thought to myself, why am I frustrated? How many people would love to be where I am right now? How many people would love to be in my situation? And I just took a moment just to be grateful for that. And I think if many, if a lot of people could just stop just stop in their day and just be great, find out there's something there's something they're grateful for. It'll put them in such a better position to be, have more clarity around thoughts, have more um, preparation moving forwards. A great and- question. Great question. If you're, if you're out there watching or listening, if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you said you were grateful for today, what would you have? A great question because it's going to force you to focus on it. Right? It's yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't have a home. I wouldn't have a car. I wouldn't have my partner. I wouldn't have my pets. I wouldn't have my job. Like that, it really puts things into perspective. It really does. Mm. Yeah. I think perspective is key. Same. And yeah. In regards to, say, for example, you start on this podcast. Mm. Yeah, I think you've done what? Is it over 1,200 episodes now? 1,403 as of today. Oof. <laughs> so. During that time, and this is something that we talked about just before as well. It's the stat is is that seventy percent of podcasts don't reach past episode three, and I think it's the ninety percent don't go past episode twenty or twenty one or something. Mm-hmm. And when you think of it like that, isn't it absolutely crazy how many podcasts just stop? Um, thank God, I think I'm on about episode. You know, I think I'm close to twenty. Um, can consistently week on week, which is amazing. But what has you changed in your life from what it was? So before you were working a job, say where you had to travel a lot, you you still were earning good money. You had your sports car. You're doing bodybuilding shows. What has now changed since now you doing this podcast and also running your business as well? Yeah, it's interesting. I had a moment when I was I was somebody I follow on social media. They're a business owner as well, and I think they were at the beach today. 
Mm-hmm. And I looked and I I don't I couldn't tell you the last time I went to the beach. I have no idea. I'm in this office every single day. I mean, Monday through Saturday, I'm in this office. And I don't do things during the day. I'm not going to I'm not I don't leave the office. Like I'm so focused on growing the yeah. business. So it's been here's the interesting thing. It's been very, very awesome because now we have some incredible results and we have a 16 person team and we're going to cross a million downloads this year and all that happy jazz. That's all awesome. But I also live my life drastically different where I don't, I don't go out for lunch. I go to the gym in the morning. If I don't go to the gym in the morning, I'm probably not going. Mm -hmm. My life is very, very regimented and at times can be considered very, very restrictive, but I, I love it. I mean, for me, that's by design. It's that this is really my main focus. It doesn't really matter if I don't feel good. It doesn't really matter if I'm tired or if I don't want to do it. I have to do it. The goals that we have dictated as business owners require our effort every single day. And that, that the other thing too, is it's given me so much direction. When I wake up in the morning, I know exactly what I should be doing every day. I track the Mm -hmm. same habits every day. It it is a little bit like Groundhog Day, but in a good way, it's a positive Groundhog Day because it's it's progress, right? So it's given me an ultimate sense of direction, an ultimate sense of clarity, an amazing community. It's given me all the things, discipline, extra discipline, all the things that I really felt I needed in the beginning. But with all the opportunity, there often is pressure. And I think leaving that part out of it would be selling the audience short because that's just, that is par for the course. Yeah. I agree. There does come pressure, no matter what you do, whether it be as so simple as a journey of getting in shape, there's going to be pressure put on you that you've never felt before. Maybe the pressure of feeling hungry. Maybe you've never mm-hmm. felt that before. Now you will. The, yeah, the pre- Definitely. The, the, the pressure of, you know, going out and say, going on more walks of just constant, just on it, on it, on it. There will be new pressure, but Something that uh, my mental performance coach always says, and I always bring it up, is new levels equal new devils. Mm -hmm. And this is your opportunity to just keep boxing away and keep passing through them devils every single time. And there's nothing more rewarding knowing that you've gone through something tough and you came out the other side. Nothing more Mm -hmm. rewarding in in my my, um, eyes. You know, when you can turn around, and I get emotional about it quite a lot sometimes when I look back and think of where I first started, to where I am now, you know, 17, 18 years old, massively overweight, um, and didn't go to U- university, didn't have any real qualifications. I was working for Amazon in a warehouse. Mm. To now, to where I am today, it, it blows my mind some days. But th- when you look back, I, I also then to forget how much pressure I had, how much struggles I went through, mm-hmm. how many days I wanted to give up, you know, how many times you are probably the same. You think, oh, is this even worth it? <laughs> you know, should I even be doing this? And I had loads of them thoughts. And there's times where, and I'm, I'm guessing you're probably the same of where the struggle is literally like, you're like a, like a centimeter from giving up. But it's all about just knowing that you're going to get there at the end of the day. You're going to get there. And once you start seeing just even just glimpses of, of success, doesn't half make you feel like the whole journey, them whole, all them struggles were worth it as well. I knew it would be worth it. I just didn't know if I was going to make it. 
I never, yeah. I always had the belief that if I could just continue doing this forever, it would be worth it. I just didn't know mm. how to do it in the beginning. In the beginning, it was literally, I need to make enough money to get to next week. Mm. And then when I did that for three weeks, it was, I need to get enough money to make it to next month and then start over. And that was yeah. literally in the beginning. But I always, I always had the belief that it would be worth it. My business partner always says this. He's like, dude, you've believed me to a reckless amount. Mm. You know, you left your job and you were $35,000 in credit card debt and you were fronting a lot of the stuff. And I said, I, I knew it would be worth it. I didn't know mm. anything else, but I had a firm belief that it would be worth it. And that is the belief I hung on to. And I'm very grateful that it has been worth it. Amazing. Yeah. Love that. If you were to go back, well, actually, firstly, you were into fitness anyway, bodybuilding shows, things like that. Mm. Do you feel like what you learned on that journey of you getting into the best shape of your life helped you to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the amount of suffering, <laughs> I mean, two two things. One, when I decided to do a show, I worked with a coach. And mm. the first time I met my coach, he said, do you know how I'll be able to tell whether or not you want to win? And I said, no. And he said, you will be willing to suffer more than anybody else. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is real, huh? This yeah, is really how this yeah. is going to go. And he was, he's a great coach, world-class coach, but he was very serious. It was, look, this, this is what you're dedicated to. This is what you're committed. You will track every calorie. You will weigh yourself every day and you will not cheat unless I tell you to cheat. That level of ownership is is as a business owner nobody else cares mm. i'm the guy and alan's the guy nobody else cares. nobody else knows what we're doing nobody knows if i'm actually showing up because i'm the guy right that has been huge the consistency aspect of it of just don't miss uh, a, again a 70 percent workout is better than none go do yeah. cardio go do mobility go do abs whatever just go do something and get a little bit better that and then the de the delayed gratification of Okay, I started dieting today. In four months, hopefully I'm going to look pretty good. That's a four-month lead time. In business, it's longer. But that delayed gratification of, I do believe my behaviors are going to bring me in the result I want with enough time, that. And then just having the mindset. The mindset of suffering. There's going to be some suffering. I... I don't resonate with content that says, oh, you know, it should be easy and you should always love what you're doing. I just don't aspire to that because I don't think it's realistic. I think mm -hmm. growth requires resistance and you find 100%. me somebody who approaches a workout like that. Well, mm -hmm. you know, when it's hard, I don't do it. You're probably not very strong. You probably have a lot of lagging body parts and you're, you probably don't have a, and I mean this with love, you probably don't have a physique that I would want to trade with because you're not willing to do the hard yards. That is, you can take that into business. You can take that into life. You can take that into relationships. Fitness is the best analogy for life. I have not found a better one. And that is the one I use every day. Yeah, I agree with that 1 million percent. If you can look after your fitness, if you can get into shape, you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you just said then, and it's something I always mention to my clients. I say, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And they've got to realize that results are earned, not given. And 
the hard work has to be put in and it has to be a level of sacrifice. There has to be a level. And as we say, there's lots of content out there, which is like, you know, ah, oh, this is going to be easy. This is going to make you like, it's never going no. to be that way. Don't get me wrong. If you hire a proper coach, it's going to be easier than you going on your own way. Yeah. But it's still going to be tough. There's still going to be days where you just feel like it is a struggle. But that's the sacrifice that has to be made for you to make the most out of your life, to reach your potential, end of the day. And on a self-development journey, the whole point of being on a self-development journey is to reach your potential. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll always be striving for that. I think the last point I'd like to go over with you is if you were to go back to the time when you were at your, when you were struggling the most, when you were struggling with your depression, your suicidal thoughts, what would you tell yourself at that time? Man. I would probably say sometimes the scariest thing to do is the best thing for you. I know you're afraid to start over, but isn't starting over better than not having anything to start with is probably what I would say. I was so afraid of what what it meant to go backwards and that sometimes going backwards is better than going forward in the wrong direction that I didn't understand that. I I just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. And then the other thing too, of, I know you think you're a certain way right now, but that's just because you've been acting a certain way for a long enough period of time. When you start acting another way, your your identity is going to shift. You're going to be a completely different human being. Give it a shot and see what happens in six years, six years. That's not that long. My life is so much different than it was Mm. six years ago. So yeah, I would probably tell him that. I don't know if he would have listened. I like to think he would have, but that's probably what I've said, what I would have said, because the, the runway of thought was so short. I wasn't Mm. thinking about a year or two years. I would have tried to lengthen that runway a little bit and paint a, a bright future for him. Yeah. Love that. hundred percent. Um, thank you very much for coming on. That was amazing.